Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers for DC. Welcome to The Echo Chamber. This is Arthi Shaw, and I'm here on our special South by Southwest debrief podcast. We have two guests, um, both who attended. Um, one, uh, our, our first guest, Jason Schlossberg, uh, who is a co-founder of Quicken. He is a veteran of, of South by. He's attended many years. And our second guest on today's podcast, Rich Fogg, he um, is a newbie. This was his first year. So we'll get two different perspectives. So first, I'd like to welcome Jason to the show. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So Jason, I, I, I introduced you as a South by Southwest veteran, and I just know this because I've seen you there, gosh, I think since 2013. How Was that was that your first year, or how long have you been going? No, I think, I, I definitely was there longer than 2013, or earlier, I should say, than 2013. I, I think this, this past South by was my fifth or sixth. Oh, wow. So you, you, you really are, um, you, you've seen, been around a lot. Were you actually there when Twitter launched? No, no, I, 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 um, well then I guess I probably, I guess I wasn't there, uh, that was in 2000 and, uh, well that was in 2006 I think, was when Twitter, Twitter officially launched, so that was, you know, that was about 10 years ago, so, because obviously Twitter just, just celebrated their 10th anniversary, so no, I wasn't there that long. So, okay, well then, well then let's, but, um... but if I could say, I was there though, uh, during the years when everybody who was in attendance did have an expectation that they were going to discover the next Twitter or whatever that was, and there was a few, a few, a few companies and applications that tried to be the next Twitter, uh, none of which were successful. Yeah, no, I mean that's actually an interesting point that that comes up about South South by every year now, right? Is that every, in fact, um, well, I mean, I, I guess the closest thing would be like Foursquare launched, right? And but you know that they they certainly didn't have the success that that. That Twitter had, which I guess is relative these days. Um, I, I spoke to Hugh Forrest actually, who started Interactive. Um, or he he was he's kind of the the guy who orchestrates Interactive, and he was saying that the the, the problem with the Twitter launch has been every year it, it it created this expectation that they could never really meet. Every year now that the media story is well, there was no Twitter that launched this year. Um, and, and he was saying that, you know, you can, brands and companies can have a good experience there without necessarily, you know, turning the world on fire the way Twitter did. So, so I guess stepping back for a minute, um, Jason, what, what, what would you say, well, I guess, what, what did you get out of this year, out of 2016 at South by Southwest? What, what was your sort of biggest takeaway? Well, I mean, I have to think about that for a moment, um, but, uh, but if I could just quickly uh, address you know your point about discovering the next big thing. I, I do think that uh, there's been many years where people did feel like they discovered the next big thing, even if that thing ultimately uh, wasn't successful. I think that the reason why it's much harder to do that now is because we do exist in this 24-hour uh, innovation and tech news cycle, and brands don't really have to wait. I think until South by Southwest to kind of see to get to get all the eyeballs or to get all the attention, um, you know, with with so many media outlets and blogs, uh, you constantly covering every element, every minutia of technology. Um, there just isn't that need anymore. So I think uh, what happens at South by now because of that has changed, and 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 I think that's really how I would like to um, segue into my observations. I think that uh, South by at least the interactive portion has really more than anything else now, I think, become a celebration uh, of 
what I would call, for lack of a better term, uh, the digital lifestyle or the early adopter who's interested in technology and innovation and, um, and, and, and kind of seeing what's, what's current or even what's, what's slated for the future. And I think that what's happened is it's become essentially a place for like-minded people to gather and really just spend time networking. And as a result, you see a lot of brands that are now uh, looking to market to those people. So I think those people originally were perhaps, um, you know, the architects of the zeitgeist, and now we are uh, going there really to be marketed to in some ways, which is not a bad thing per se, um, but, but I, I don't think that um, you necessarily leave South by um, it, uh, as inspired as you did in the past. Now it's more of an opportunity, I think, to to meet up with uh, people who maybe you don't see all year round. It's an opportunity to, I think, participate, um, but not necessarily um, learn as much as maybe you did in the past. Right. You know, it's um, you know when I spoke to Hugh Forrest, one of the one of the pieces of advice he gave to brands, which I thought was smart, is if you want to stand out in at South by Southwest, is 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 launch an app that actually helps people digest the the event. And he said that's what, what Twitter was so successful around was they actually made it easier to sort of navigate through um, through South by, and I mean Meerkat last year in 2015 um, they I think they built a similar um, service I think you could say Foursquare did as well but he was saying that the, the the technology that tends to resonate are the ones that are immediately applicable that you can say oh wow this can help me right now in Austin. And, and 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 you pointed out, Jason, right, that the event is just even more spread out than than it ever has been. Absolutely, I, I think I think that's a, been a trend that's happened over the last two years, and, and I think that's more of a of a zoning issue than anything else. Um, but and also, I think a, a testament to the fact that it's so popular, and so many brands are trying to create experiences. Uh, this year, in particular, you know, I felt I felt. Um, that uh, we, we spend a, a great deal of time in, in Ubers and in Lyfts and in uh, Austin taxis kind of trekking from one place to the other to go to, uh, you know, an event or to go to a hosted panel discussion or, um, you know, or to a party, obviously. So there's a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of those parties there. You know, it, I, I, think that, I think that it's an interesting idea around creating an app specifically for, uh, that, that benefits those in attendance. But I, but I think that, you know, the larger issue is that uh, I think the direction that technology is going in today, and I think where uh, you know where a lot of the innovation is happening, is not necessarily in the consumer app space, which is obviously what got a lot of attention in the past. Um, you know, I think that you know some of the biggest topics that I heard people talking about this year. You know, obviously, you know, one of them was blockchain, for example. How do you visualize blockchain? How do you create? A consumer app that people can care about and the media can get behind and and and, uh, and attendees can, can can actually physically see. You just can't do that. It's not not that kind of technology. Or you're seeing a lot of niche players uh, innovate in very very specific industries. And so I think you know if that's the trend that technology is moving in, then uh, places like South by become perhaps a little bit less relevant. I still think they're very important, but I don't think that you need go you. I don't think you need that conference to be your launching pad anymore. Uh, having said that, though, you know it's still a great place to meet people and to and to interact and to you know and to and to you know just really kind of I think experience all that this quote unquote sort of digital lifestyle has to offer. So 
you know, in terms of the people that you meet, the people you network with, do you feel like South by has morphed into becoming more about marketers and people who work in, in, in digital branding and less, less so like the hardcore techies? Cause it sounds like there was a, there was a time where South by was very much geared towards the really hardcore techie types, but it, it seems like it's the, the most of the connections or most of the people, at least that, that, that even I see when I'm down there, um, are marketers. Now that's probably by design on my, on my end, but, but I'm wondering if, if when you're networking, are you coming across marketers or, or, or like techies? Well, it certainly feels to me like it's more marketers, but you know, similarly to you, perhaps that's the, those are the circles that I travel in. Um, there's, you know, there's startup village and there's lots of other places that perhaps, you know, maybe, uh, those that are actually making the technology, uh, are, are spending more time, and that's probably less interesting to me. But it just it, it, it seems it seems like it is really a marketer's paradise now. Um, uh, you know, brands of all sizes and shapes. Um, you you know, I've noticed, and I'm not of course the only one that's noticed this, but you know, there's tons of media companies there. Um, HBO, I think, every year has a bigger and bigger presence. Um, you know, in the past, I think they launched, you know, they launched girls there, or at least they kind of promoted girls there, which I think makes sense because there's, I think that, that, that audience is interesting. And obviously there's the, the film part, uh, of the conference, but you know, and then the following year it was about Game of Thrones. Now I felt like HBO was kind of everywhere, um, uh, as well as many, many other media properties. And I, and I felt like I was exposed to all the new shows more than I was uh, to any other technology, which, you know, is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's certainly, I think, it, it, it shows that the conference has really evolved. So I'm curious to hear more about sort of this convergence, because what I noticed this year was there are, uh, there were a lot more sort of crossover sessions, so sessions that you could get into if you had a, whether you had a film badge, a music badge, or an interactive badge. And what, what I heard from speaking to some of the, some of the organizers was that there is a trend towards having more and more crossover. Um, and because, you know, these, these buckets that, that were created, you know, what, 10 years ago don't necessarily make sense in today's world anymore. And I think one of the things that, to talk, go back to my conversation with Hugh Forrest, that he mentioned was some of the best networking that happens or the best connections is when, you know, someone from film meets somebody from tech and they, you know, build an app that they're able to use to distribute content. So do you think that more convergence is sort of what the conference needs? Well, I, I think it's um, hard for me to, to, to have the, just to, to know what the conference needs. Uh, I think that would be, uh, Oh, I guess, I guess to rephrase that, do you feel like you would benefit from more convergence across the three, you know, across film, music, and, and interactive? Like, was that something that you think would, would be beneficial for you as an attendee? I mean, I, I definitely have, I definitely observed the similar trend that, that you have observed. And in fact, uh, I was a little bit surprised, and pleasantly, because it, it, it was a positive for me, but I think it was perhaps the Saturday morning, which is fairly early into the conference, because it really starts, um, I guess it really starts on the Friday, uh, and then, you know, it really is in full swing by, by Sunday and Monday, and then a lot of interactive people leave on Tuesday. But I think on Saturday morning, um, Marie Claire, uh, which I thought was a little bit odd that they were there, but... You know, I'm not judging that. It just didn't, wouldn't be a, a media property that I would necessarily associate with with interactive. Um, hosted a discussion with the uh, the found with the creators of Broad City, 
um, Abby and Alana, and that was a crossover. So there was tons of interactive people there. There was tons of film people there, and it was a packed room. And I think that's kind of a, a, a that that to me is a perfect example that they were reaching out to me. Um, I think as somebody who would be interested in watching that show and being fascinated by those individuals, which I am, but also my job is in the technology space. Therefore, um, it's it was more. I felt there was a, a a panel that was marketed at me rather than for me, but it was fine because I really enjoyed it, so I'm not complaining. But but I, I do see a lot of that convergence happening. So, what about the overall brand presence this year? I mean, did did you know you've you've attended now for five years? What did did it seem more subdued to you, or were brands sort of as as front and center as, as they've ever been? And were there any any sort of brands that really stood out to you in terms of in terms of having really smart activations? Yeah. There's definitely a lot of brands. There are always a lot of brands. Some, you know, make me scratch my head. Others I thought were really smart. Um, the first one I think that really jumped out at me as being interesting and different was American Greetings. Um, you know, they make the, the greeting cards and they did a whole uh, they did a whole experience called Analog. Um, which I thought was just very interesting, and it was very seemed very busy when I was there. And they they focused on handwritten letters or, or typed letters. They had a brother sewing machine there, and they had an individual who was able to create uh, your image uh, while looking at you and sewing. And it was sort of like a kind of a more like a real a real selfie or a real you know a real in, uh, an embroidered Instagram image. Um, and I, and they showed you how to actually make. Uh, pop-up green cards, and I just thought that was really smart because they weren't they weren't trying to position themselves as anything that anything other than what they are, which is you know an analog company. But they 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 carved out I think they carved out a space for themselves in in a conference that focuses on digital. Um, I think there were some other ones that were um, you know a little bit more odd. Uh, I, I think I mentioned uh, in the past to you, uh, you know, Dole was there and they wanted to create the Guinness Book of World Records of the most people gathered dressed as bananas. That, to me, doesn't seem like a, an authentic or organic fit. Um, even, you know, uh, Scott's, the, the lawn company, which I thought was interesting, they created the Connected Garden, I think it was, and I just thought that was a, they were trying to position themselves in, in a technologically advanced way, but when you look at the audience, it's so many young people who live in urban areas, and I can't imagine how many of them really have lawns. So I just thought that was kind of a little bit of a stretch. I mean, you, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly at a place like South By, that's for certain. Yeah, and one, one of the things I understand is that the organizers have actually gotten much more involved in brand activations because there were, in the past, apparently a lot more really just bad activations that just weren't a good fit. One, one of the, the ones that, that were, was mentioned um, was, uh, was, was Foursquare's, actually, and that the CEO of Foursquare actually just uh, somewhere somewhere, uh, somewhere in Austin or somewhere where, where South by was happening just took a piece of chalk and made a, a Foursquare board and then made it and then so you could you could play Foursquare with the CEO of Foursquare and it was such a simple it was just such a simple idea and was so powerful that sometimes when brands sort of try really hard it's surprising that what, you know if you really just go to something really simple like what, what they did and how memorable that was Although from what I from what I hear, that would not be possible anymore because there are so many restrictions now, and I don't know that you can just like lay out some like like create like write a, uh, a game board down on, on the sidewalk in, in Austin anymore during South by. Yeah, I I, uh, I, 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 I I I did I participated in that 
that that I guess you, you now you'd call it an activation. Back then, it was was probably not called that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I remember that, and 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 I, and I still think that there's you know there's uh, there's just a wide range of, of of types of activations, and you know some of them are are very social, and you just go there for drinks. Um, others are a lot more of a hard sell. Um, you know, my personal opinion is I think that there needs to be a happy medium. I mean, it is you know I've heard it. I've heard South by Interact called, um, you know, sort of spring break for geeks. I, I can't remember who actually said that, but, mm-hmm. but I've read that. And, and there is a certain element to that. It's, um, uh, it is a very festive environment and, and you know, people want to have fun. And, and, and so I think that that's important. Um, but, but at the same time, um, I personally uh, am turned off when people, when people have said, oh, come into, come into our, our area. We have free beer mm-hmm. uh, as if that's all I need. You know, I don't need a free drink. Uh, but I do want to learn something interesting. I want to meet. Um, I want to meet people that I, I don't know, and uh, and I want to you know hopefully you know be inspired and, and learn something. Mm-hmm. So you wrote a column uh, for Ad Age um, shortly after the festival. Why I am probably not coming back to South by Southwest Interactive next year. So tell me um, a little bit as to why you don't think you'll come back. Right. Well, full disclosure, that headline was maybe a little clickbaity. I mean, that's the world that we live in now. Um, uh, I guess the question, I guess, you know, the headline for me really is um, uh, I no longer feel, for me personally, having gone now, you know, at least five years, uh, that I have to go back. Um, so, therefore, um, there's a fair chance that I, I won't be back. Uh, and I just, you know, and, 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 I, and I think just the reason for that is because. Um, you know, uh, like I said before, you know, y- y- you don't, you don't necessarily feel like you're missing out by not being there. I think if you have the time and you've never been and you want to experience it, I would say a hundred percent experience it. You'll love it. Everybody that I met who was there for the first year had very positive things to say about it, but it's no longer, at least in my calendar, um, uh, a, a required conference that I need to attend. Uh, I feel like, you know, all the information gets out before the conference even starts. I think that everything is, you know, you know, you people could watch the president, President Obama speak probably in a better environment than I was able to see it, which was on a big screen in a, in a brightly lit auditorium because I couldn't get into the main area. So I think that, you know, I just think that it, 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 it's, um, uh, it's no longer, a, you know, I'm repeating myself, but it's no longer a requirement, and therefore, uh, if that's the case, then, then there's a fair chance that I won't be back. Is there is there another festival or another conference that has replaced South By in your mind um, as to sort of where you need to go to be inspired um, each year? Great question. Uh, talk about that with a few people. Um, I don't necessarily, um, I don't necessarily have the ideal answer, and I think it depends on your industry, you know, does, is there another conference that's exactly like this that kind of has the convergence of technology, marketing, culture, creativity? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, for me personally in my world, which is, you know, marketing communications, um, you know, I think that uh, CAN has really, I think, kind of taken over in terms of the must, the, the must be uh, place um, you know, within our marketing calendar. I think historically that was more for just the advertising agencies and it's really 
kind of gone now. And I think, you know, PR and social and, you know, below the line comms and all the others are, 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 are all kind of converging on, on can. So for me, I think that's, that's more on my radar than anything else right now. And then of course, you know, I think CES continues to be very important. I think CES has kind of taken a bit more of a, uh, of a, they, they, I think that they've tried to learn from South by and have made it a little bit more festive uh, than it had been in the past. I mean, Las Vegas is always festive, but I didn't necessarily feel like a community. I didn't feel CES as a community in the past years, although I have in the last couple of years. Hmm. So, you know, one of the things is, um, is you mentioned, so if, it, if it's your, if you've never been to South by before, then yes, go experience it. And, and that's, I think one of the issues South by is having is their, their churn rate is about 40 to 50% of attendees each year are, are first time attendees. Mm-hmm. So about half the people that go don't come back the next year. Do you think that's good? I mean, do you think it's good to have sort of fresh ideas and voices there? Or do you think that actually speaks to the issue that people are having where they're going and they're not driving enough value? I think, I think, it, speaks to, I think it speaks to a few things. I think that it's, um, it's a big investment I think it's a big investment for uh, individuals to go to South by. It's not uh, um, flights are expensive, hotels are expensive. Uh, you know, the pass itself is is not inexpensive. Um, when you um, when you uh, and, and so and so, I think if you're going on your own dime, that's a lot. If you're going, you know, uh, that, through a company, uh, that's a, it's also you know some, some that's coming from some budget. And I think that what some organizations like to do is spread that around a little bit, right? So if the same individuals go all the time, they're not necessarily um, they're not necessarily uh, making having more people experience that. And so, so I think that that is a big part of it. I think that you know that's one reason if I don't go next year, uh, it's really because I just want to pass the baton to others in my organization who I think would benefit from that. Um, but I do think also that, you know, uh, that's one side of it. I think the other side is, is as you point out, that um, uh, because you don't have to go anymore, um, it, you know, it's, it's harder to maybe consistently make the case that, that, that the same individual needs to go year in, year out. Mm-hmm. Well, Jason, I'm going to go back to the, the question that I had asked at the beginning. What was your biggest takeaway from, from, from this year, from South by Southwest 2016? I think my, I think the biggest takeaway uh, is just that there's, um, you know, that there's a that there's a lot of uh, I think that there's a lot of really smart, creative, like-minded people that are interested in ideas, interested in marketing, interested in technology, um, and they really uh, and they and and, and we're all kind of part of this this group that uh, that descends on Austin every year and uh and i think that's just an exciting place to be i think that's probably that's probably the biggest takeaway that i that, that there's that there's so many of us out there um that that that, that care about uh similar things and 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 are, are are optimistic that you know that technology that communication that empathy kind of can all come together and we can hopefully um you know make a better place for our, ourselves and um and and but you actually didn't get to see the speaker that you're most excited about, which was not from our conversation previously. It was not President Obama. It was 
the CEO of Headspace. I'm curious as to what, what drew you to that, that, that talk. That was a closing keynote, and you missed it because you were on your flight back to New York, right? Yes. yes. Well, you know, at the time, I mean, the, the, President Obama's speaking was a late entry, and I think, you know, had that information been out from the beginning, that probably would have been the number one uh, speaker that I wanted to, to see. And, of course, I didn't, get, I didn't win the drawing for that. That was a randomized drawing, uh, and there was a limited number. But, but in terms of the actual um, schedule, I was most interested in, in seeing Andy Pudicom, um, who is the co-founder of, of Headspace. Uh, uh, he's a former Buddhist monk who has now created, I think, a very accessible and very, very useful uh, meditation app. Um, uh, and, uh, and I think that that's been a really interesting trend, uh, I think, for a lot of individuals in the technology space, this idea of, I think, you know, living in a world that's constantly connected, you know, where do you find mindfulness? Where do you find presence? How do you, how do you learn to disconnect and then make your connection time more meaningful? And, uh, and I personally, uh, and I don't know him, but, but I'm a huge, huge fan of, uh, uh, of his app and, uh, and he did the closing talk and, uh, and I really would have loved to have seen that. But unfortunately, um, I had an 8am flight that day and, uh, so I missed it. Well, you were a trooper though, cause you were there for, for, for all five days. Um, well, Jason, I may or may not see you there next year, it sounds like. You probably will or won't. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. Well, well uh, always good to touch base with you, Jason. And, um, and uh, we will be back in just a moment with Rich Fogg, who will give us his perspective on, on South By. Welcome back to the Echo Chamber. We uh, just spoke to Jason Sloshberg from Quitkin, a seasoned veteran of South by Southwest, giving his his take. So now we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk to someone who went to the festival for the first time in 2016. Uh, we have Richard Fogg, who is CEO of the CC Group, uh, a PR agency based out of London. Welcome, Richard. Thank you very much. So this was your first. You're you're a South by Southwest newbie. Um, so tell me tell me why you decided to go this this year. Like what was it about 2016 that made you finally pull the trigger? Um, the, the thing that really sort of happened was there was this sort of overbearing weight of people telling me I should be there. Um, so 2016 was the year in which I folded and decided, you know, it was it was time I went to this sort of crazy show um, that everyone talks about um, over in uh, over in Texas. Well, uh, yeah, indeed, and, and, and I was going to ask you if you got to see um, President Obama speak, but I believe you and I were having lunch when President Obama was speaking. So we, I'm guessing we, we may have been. Um, yeah, it was, it was you or the leader of the free world, aren't you? I mean, you know, there wasn't much competition. Of course. Um, so, so, okay, so, so that, was, that was sort of at the beginning of the show. They had um, President Obama sort of kick, kick, things, kick things off, which, which I was actually doing one of the things Jason and I talked about was, interestingly enough, his the speaker that he was looking forward to the most was actually the speaker on the last day, which was the CEO of Headspace. Um, and I'm just curious if you if you were able to see to see that keynote. I was unable to make that one, but it was really interesting to sort of think about the Obama um, keynote. I mean, number one, wow, what a keynote! Um, I don't think any show anywhere else in the world is gonna is gonna beat that one. Um, but 
when you sort of dug down into the Obama stuff, um, it was actually quite light. Um, I was actually very surprised by how there was very little news of obvious merit at that show. I mean, especially given in previous years, we've seen the sort of, you know, mass market surfacing of Twitter or um, last year it was uh, Meerkat, um, Periscope, whichever one it was <laughs> that nailed that show. Um, but I think sort of, you know, when the leader of the world, uh, leader of the free world turns up to try and convince a liberal technology audience that it's perfectly fine for uh, the government to have um, unfettered access to their phones and the privacy trade-offs were normal in a free and secure society, it didn't go down so well. I mean, he spoke on the Friday afternoon and basically after Friday evening, I didn't hear a single person mention him again. Um, I don't think he resonated in quite the way he'd wanted to. Oh, that's really interesting. So, um... Because, I mean, even even though Michelle Obama was speaking at music on Sunday, there wasn't sort of this uh, sort of a long tail conversation about uh, because I, I think what what I saw from the headlines about Obama was mostly um, his sort of call to action, sort of asking the technology community to to think about how they can serve and provide for, you know, all sort of sorts of government services. Mm. Yeah, but it, it, what, that wasn't, I guess um, it might have been the uh, sort of audience of people I, I actually met and spoke to, but I mean, it was fairly diverse. Um, lots of ad people, lots of PR people, lots of uh, entrepreneurs and tech companies. And the thing that sort of seemed to really come out most was the uh, was the point around privacy. And I don't know whether that's just do, to do with the audience I spoke to. Um, yeah, it was a quite international audience. Um, so may, maybe that had some bearing on the, on the retention of that information. Right. So... What about, you mentioned there were other sessions that you found to be quite valuable and, and you've, you've referenced them in, in other meetings now. What, what were the ones that, that, were, that were the most sort of, that stuck with you? Sure. I mean, I guess the sort of I grouped them into three. I mean, I must have seen a dozen plus um, presentations over the three days, and I didn't sort of go for that sort of crazy you know, adjacent possible kind of approach where you sort of you know just go to things that sort of you know almost like a magpie picking up the shiny things. I guess I sort of focused on three areas, and number one was around the sort of use of data in marketing efforts and the data-driven marketing piece. The second piece was around the sort of beacon technology and Internet of Things, and then the third piece, which was just a little kind of kind of adjacent. Um, was around um, innovation. Now, I think the thing that really struck me about the um, sort of data-driven marketing pieces is that we're almost sort of at that point, the net takeaway from all of those was now we have the data, we have to use it, but we lack the skill sets to use it. So sort of, you know, that data-driven marketing thing still seems to be very early in its sort of bell curve evolution, if you like. And a lot of the examples given were anecdotal rather than sort of substantial. And it really seems to come down to the fact that Data scientists, who are very rare, are not great at creative storytelling. And creative storytellers, you know, which are probably more more common, um, common should we say, um, are just not comfortable with data interpretation and analysis. So it feels like all of that sort of potential and excitement around data-driven marketing almost sort of hasn't sort of stopped, but it's just like there's another barrier in the way to its sort of successful um, implementation and evolution. And I had some sort of you know, pretty phenomenal speakers, Helmut Lang, et cetera, et cetera, talking about that kind of, um, that, that kind of issue. Um, I think the 
geeking me really fell in love with the uh, beacon technology and IoT stuff. Um, the IBM Watson team seemed to be well represented pretty much at everything I went to. And we're talking about the sort of four major impacts of IoT, the operational efficiency, the customer engagement, industry transformation, and the sort of environmental stewardship kind of things. And that customer engagement piece, especially sort of the role of beacons in kind of contextualizing marketing and communications was really interesting. I think probably Coke, Coca-Cola um, have got a really interesting trajectory there. They're integrating loyalty programs, next generation payment capabilities and data analysis across the sort of vending and retail operations. So, you know, Coke's sort of bringing in um, more than 100 pieces of data per second and they're using blockchain technology to link it all together. And I just think that kind of that kind of thinking from a brand of that scale is really incisive and really useful to the rest of the market who are sort of looking at all these disparate technology endpoints, if you like, and trying to figure out how to knit them together in a really interesting way. And then I guess on the innovation side of things, um, I think there was some, uh, I saw uh, Bonin Bo um, from Mondelez um, talking about sort of some interesting ideas around how to hatch sort of dragons, which are, you know, basically unicorns, but within multi-billion dollar organizations. And the idea of sort of nurturing innovation through the construction of boards. And there's some really interesting stuff um, around the future of media business models. Although much of it had been covered by Arun and Laura O'Reilly um, more eloquently than I could, uh, could ever explain a couple of weeks ago on the echo chamber thanks for that uh that plug there um, the plug. well I, I love the fact that uh that i could now describe sort of rory sutherland you know godfather of everything clever and creative in marketing um, was effectively one of my openers so that's kind of cool so so a lot of the things that you talked about that you, that you took away are things that that had, I mean, this isn't the first year that, that, that you know, data-driven storytelling and, and sort of the, the following the evolution of that and also looking at what companies are doing around that regard. Um, IoT, VR, I mean, this isn't the first year that, that these have been um, front and center at South By. So that makes me wonder about the attrition rate. So South By has about 50% of people every year that attend are, are first-timers. So 50% of people that, that go don't go back the next year. Do you think part of that is, I mean, do you think if you went again next year, you would get the same value or do you think it would be somewhat more of, of the same? I, th I think it very much depends on where the tech industry is at that point in time. It felt like a bit of a fallow year. You know, you talk to the guys at Mashable and they were really struggling to pick out the story of the, the story of the event. Um, I think it's one of those places where, I mean, what, there are only 30,000 people attending and, you know, the usual conferences I go to are sort of, reaching towards the 100,000 mark. So it's actually quite a small community in a fairly spread out area. Um, so I think, you know, what would I do differently next time to maybe get more value out of it? Um, I think I'd probably expose myself to more differing kinds of content um, because, you know, you only get to link together those those things. Um, but actually, a lot of the value for me was not so much in the sessions, which were really good, and not so much the parties, which were absolutely great. Um, it's more in the sort of, you know, the fact that you go and get to test things and kick the tires on it. I mean, you couldn't move for brands out there. Um, Capital One, Mr. Robot, Insurance, Mazda, McDonald's, 3M, they all had venues. Um, they had space for some kind of uh, activation. And I'd say for, for me, for my money, um, Samsung stole the show on that one um yeah the galaxy vr stuff was everywhere it wasn't unusual to see a two-hour queue for the 4d galaxy vr experience and i think it's about taking those innovations experiencing them and then starting to apply them to your own sort of you know little world as it were and you know, i'm a b2b marketing uh and b2b tech guy 
Um, so actually thinking about how those innovations can be applied, in a, those consumer innovations can be applied in a different space is really interesting. You know, um, in terms of the, the networking that, that you did, you know, one of the complaints that, that you'll hear from the hardcore techies is that South by is sort of been overtaken by marketers. Did you, <laughs> did you feel like there was a pretty good balance of, of sort of the, the diehard sort of tech geeks as well as sort of, sort of the digital and brand marketers? Or did you feel like it, it was dominated by one or the other? And, and of course, you're, you're, I'm guessing your answer will be somewhat biased because you may have run more in marketing circles. I think that's probably the case. Um, now, if you look at sort of you know the people, the people I spent most time talking to, you're talking sort of you know, digital marketers, advertising folks, um, PR people. But I met a reasonable number of entrepreneurs that were toting around their sort of latest product in their backpack, full of full of products, um, and met a sort of you know series of people that sort of tend to speak in code um, rather than rather than the uh, English language. But I think that's kind of the joy of it. You do get this really interesting mix of, uh, of people, sort of be it at a bar or at a party or a networking event or something. Like like that and I think that's the that's the thing with South by it's it's not it's not one thing you have to be quite open to um, you know to, to sort of meeting new people and thinking about things in different ways you know one of the most interesting people I met um, was uh, sort of a chairman of several um, life sciences and pharmaceutical um, companies um, and the conversations we were having about the use of data in product design and in um, marketing that thereafter were really interesting. I also found it really useful to be able to speak to um, a lot of sort of digital marketing and advertising folks and I think I said to you at the time, um, you know, I've met sort of, I think by Friday lunchtime, I've met sort of three PR people and three digital marketing um, executives, advertising execs. And um, the PR people were very happy um, with the way that sort of comms and marketing is going from a digital perspective, from a content marketing perspective. And the ad guys are actually quite nervous about it. You know, one of them said to me, you know, what the hell do we do with all this content? Like, how do you even go about creating it, you know? We can stick it on a billboard, or we can put it through some, uh, you know, through some, through some uh, video or whatever it is. We can buy media around it. But one of the real challenges for those organisations is trying to understand storytelling in a different format and trying to understand how sort of you know the content marketing thing kind of works because there's a lot of people out there that don't quite get it. So I think there was very much a sort of you know the positive PR story from it is um, the PR t folks that I met certainly um, certainly felt like they were in a, uh, a much stronger position than they had been maybe in the last sort of few years and a lot of the advertising folks were over there trying to figure out sort of you know content and and, and all of that kind of but stuff that, that's, so that's interesting. interesting so I guess it depends on how you define content right because some of the the best and most memorable and powerful pieces of content you know the, the ones that have won the cam lions have been produced <laughs> by ad agencies yep. not by PR agencies I mean just think last year I mean like a girl I mean gosh I mean talk about powerful brand storytelling that I mean that was you know, it, 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 I guess the awards speak for themselves. Um, so, I, so I'm curious as to why, what, just digging deeper as to what the ad execs that you talked about were so nervous about. Because so far, when we when we look at digital storytelling, they've actually dominated more than more than PR firms have. Well, and that's a kind of point that um, after we'd spoken uh, about this, I sort of pushed on a couple of, uh, of of the advertising execs. I think it's sort of. 
they're having problems with the sheer number of channels that they have to support and they're having problems with figuring out sort of you know the 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 measurement um aspects of it you know the sort of you know the stuff that sort of pr people have become quite familiar with you know you know i wouldn't say you know sort of downloads and sort of counting sort of you know actual metrics around the yeah, outcomes of the, of, uh, of the work that you're doing um, you know go, getting into sort of attribution models and things like that it, there's a real sense of discomfort around there I did point out on a couple of occasions you know the huge amount of amazing content that the advertising has advertising industry has produced over the years and maybe it's due to the sort of mid-sized nature of a lot of the agencies that I end up speaking to um, I clearly move in the wrong circles and go to the wrong bars um, but um, there was a real sort of sense of sort of you know nervousness um, around getting their head around sort of let's say the broader content ecosystem rather than just the sort of the, the paid piece for it. Maybe it's that through the line integration piece that that, that uh, certain aspects of the uh, advertising community are struggling with, and that's certainly why a few of them that I spoke to were out there. Right. So, speaking of sort of talking to people from different disciplines, um, mm. one of the things that that was notable this year was that there's a lot more crossover sessions, right? So sessions that um, if you had a badged interactive, you could go to a, a, a talk um, as well that was that the film folks could go to or the music folks. Do you think that it would be valuable as a marketer in the future to have more of these sort of converged sessions? Would it be more, would it be useful for you to talk to say a filmmaker or somebody in music, um, especially as we're starting to see so much crossover um between entertainment and content and, and brand marketing? Yes, absolutely, in short. I mean, you know, it's that sort of, it's that mixing of, uh, of people um, and different sort of backgrounds that you just don't get at your average trade show, be it a Mobile World Congress, be it a, you know, a, a sort of a more marketing-oriented event, um, you know, maybe something like, um, you know, the, the sort of Home Report Miami Summit, for example, which is really useful, but you don't get to meet sort of lots of different people with different views on things. And certainly some of the crossover sessions, and there were a couple of crossover sessions actually in um in the sort of you know data-driven marketing um side of things and the sort of you know beacon uh use of beacons and, and iot was quite interesting so i definitely say that that was a benefit and the, the more of that the better i mean you know it's it, it's an odd one because it's such an anarchic event um it's unlike anything i've been to before it's utterly decentralized planning it is really really difficult and i did not spend anywhere near enough time planning what i wanted to see and do but also as well at any given moment the, you know within an hour slot there's about feels like there's almost two weeks worth of sessions going on um it, it's absolutely crazy the amount of things that, that, that are going on at any given time and that's to sort of exclude all of the people who don't pay their five thousand dollars to have themselves listed on the official app um and all of the different things that are sort of happening and sort of you know the side events i mean w2o group absolutely killed it this year in terms of their content um and the sessions and the events that they had and you know it's that kind of uh, approach that i think sort of you know if you're an agency um you know is absolutely going to have a, a major impact and if you can bring different people together and the the clients that you work with and the partners that you have um at that kind of event it kind of works better than say anywhere else did you did you catch that that Hugh Forrest what he said at, at the W two O the commerce event was he said um, Ted is you know going to a Ted event is is going to a finely curated dinner 
going to South by Southwest is going to a 24-hour all-you-can-eat buffet. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely true. I mean, you saw some crazy stuff there. I think I said to you, you know, absolute highlight was sitting in a bar on 6th Street when a fairy riding a unicorn distributing Skittles rose past. I mean, you know, a few minutes later, she was followed by half a dozen St. Bernard dogs riding inside cars of some Indian motorcycles. I mean, the camera roll on my phone looks like I spent a few days with Hunter S. Thompson. Um, it's just a sort of you know, utterly ludicrous event that shouldn't work, but but does. Um, I can understand, you know, having spoken to a few people that have sort of been there a few times, that you sort of tend to get south by fatigue. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it's it, I'm sure it's one of those things that's it, it's not for the faint-hearted. It has to be said, and it's not for those with a um, sort of you know unrobust constitution and liver. Um, but I think you know there are very few pl- other places in the world where you get that sort of divergence of uh, of people, um, and I'd certainly say you know i as i was saying i think it's going to take me about a year to build the bit in this case for me to go back but that's handy because i've got a year um, but i think you know it's one of those things that you know you really should try and do once um it will just give you a different perspective on the convergence of so many different industries and, and how tech is really the glue that's starting to bind everything together mm-hmm. so um what would you you know you mentioned you know last year you know meerkat um, huh? was sort of the big the, the big breakout star, and then of course a few days later Periscope was announced, and then you know um, that was that was bad news for for Meerkat. <laughs> um, what I mean, do you think that it's an unrealistic expectation that there has to be some big technology you know breakout or you know some new product or platform that breaks out at South Bay every year? I mean, do do you think that I mean, do you think there's I mean brands and it, can can derive value, and you as a marketer can derive value in seeing sort of the application of uh, you know in, interesting applications of platforms that doesn't necessarily involve a big breakout every year. I'd be very surprised. I mean, good grief! What's thirty years old? Can you imagine? And I don't know how long Interactive's been going, but can you imagine that every single year South by gives birth to a Twitter or a Meerkat or a Periscope or something like that? That's totally unreasonable in terms of expectation. Um, I mean, there was a sort of you know. A, a, a gap of um, you know what, eight years between um, between Twitter sort of breaking out at South by and, and Meerkat. Um, so I mean I don't think it's it's a realistic expectation. Um, there was, was Foursquare. There was Foursquare. Sorry, there was Foursquare as well. I'd forgotten about that. Um, which um, yeah, I, I think for just thinking about sort of South by and the and the environment from a sort of you know practical PR perspective for a second. It's very difficult. It's so decentralized. You know, I met a few few guys um, that I was knew before, but also met for the first time that were trying to do sort of journalist activity and sort of briefings and um, and sort of you know breakfasts and you know you name it. They tried it, and it's really difficult because people are just sort of floating around in a sort of you know margarita induced haze um, from about sort of eleven o'clock in the morning right the way through. So I certainly wouldn't try and. It wouldn't be my first choice of a controllable environment in which to launch something. But there is something about the sort of anarchic nature of South by where sort of, you know, people get into their heads that something's really cool. And if you haven't been to see Grumpy Cat yet, or if you haven't been to see sort of, you know, the Galaxy VR experience, 
um, then then there's something wrong with you. So I think it's sort of you know a lot of it's more about the um, sort of on street activations. I spent a lot of time with uh, the guys over at Tandem um, Communications in New York, um, and yeah, they've had some really successful um, sort of launches and events and activations at uh, at South by that have just had nothing to do with sort of the media environment. And it's about trying to get the people there to talk about what's happening. Um, I don't think anyone kind of kind of nailed that this year. Um, but I don't think to say that, you know, it, it, I don't think it's it, you know, just because there's a sort of a quiet year from a news perspective doesn't need that doesn't mean that it won't come back with sort of wanton abandon, um, you know, next year. So just to, to fill in some trivia for you, South by has been around since 1994, sorry, South by Interactive has been around since 1994. Um, okay. Although it was not called Interactive those days, it was called Multimedia because because the future was the CD-ROM. Absolutely. What a, what a wonderful, what, what halcyon days they were. I know. Well, apparently there was like about a thousand people that attended in 1994, the first year that multimedia existed. And then, of course, this year there was about 35,000. So um, there's been quite a, quite a trajectory. Um, the, you know, one of the other things that, that have been, that have been brought up, um, is, 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 is just the cost, right? Um, when, when I spoke to the director of interactive, you know, he was saying this is actually a frustration they have because not only is the badge gone up, but, you know, hotels have the price of, of a hotel or house in Austin during this time has, has gotten to be quite, quite pricey. And that a lot of the innovation oftentimes came from startups, or from you know younger student types, or you know people that were new, newly out of school, and and he's he was concerned that as it becomes more and more inobtainable for them to attend, he wonders what that'll mean for the innovation side. That's really interesting. I'd, I'd say one other thing that sort of struck me that I haven't mentioned so far is how sort of you know how many of the sort of you know innovation groups from within countries um, were there. You know, UK House was a big thing. Um, there was a German House. There was you know you couldn't move for flyers for different things from different regions. And I think that's probably the sort of the savvy way um, to get into um, you know to, to really sort of continue to expand the number of people that are coming in from a sort of entrepreneur and innovation background. I mean, if you think about it, what was it something like fourteen hundred dollars for, you know, five days worth of uh, worth of programming, um, you know, access to Lord knows how many parties and things like that? Um, it doesn't strike me as a terrible deal. I mean, you can spend an awful lot more on an awful lot less compelling shows. Um, Will it, is it going to price the sort of, you know, people out? I don't think so. I think he's got a way to go yet. I mean, saying that, I also spent pretty much exactly the same amount of money on uh, on my hotel room as I did as I did my badge. And I was staying 10 miles north because, because I didn't book until, you know, October. Um, but um, I think, you know, they're building much more infrastructure in the centre of town. I think by the time we go next year, it'll be, uh, there'll be, you know, there'll be another couple of thousand hotel rooms out there. Um, I, I just think there's... There's, is it expensive? Yeah, it's not inexpensive, um, but is the potential there to stumble across something really interesting, or to learn something new, or to, or to sort of you know make sort of new contacts? Yes, it is. Um, and depending on how hard you work it, um, you know, there's a lot, there's potentially a lot of benefit to be had out the other side. Well, so it sounds like you are you are planning to not be. The fifty percent that don't return, but the fifty percent. <laughs> As I said, I've got I've got a few months to uh, well, I've got a year to build the uh, the business case, but it would be nice to book um, flights yes. and accommodation in June this year, so right. that I stand a chance of being within walking. You distance. know, you know, I don't know that that makes a big difference because I think what what 
I think the hotels are not smart about people. I mean, A, I mean, they know when South by is, right? So they know when they can get away with charging more. But then also, I, I noticed that they have started doing this prepaid thing. So a lot of people were doing this. Like the day after South by, they were going ahead and booking their, their hotels for the following year. But now the hotels, many of them have done this prepaid thing where you have to prepay that your room so you better be fully committed to going to south by you can't just hold that room so that you can make a decision which i actually appreciate because i i remember when i went in 2013 i knew a lot of people that were that were staying up north and they were all saying oh i'm gonna i've already booked my my room for next year and and they didn't even know whether they were going or not they just wanted to hold they just wanted to hold the spot i think a lot of rooms did become available um, they did sort of the last couple of weeks, um, but uh, yeah, by the time by that time we'd full, fully paid up and uh, exactly, there was no chance exactly. of transitioning no, down, downtown. I was, yeah, but, I was I was actually helping people out because there were people that were saying, "Oh, I'm so far away," and I said, "Actually, you know, I was staying um, the hotel that I was staying at, the Westin. They they actually had rooms open up for for Friday and Saturday, and I was telling people that so that um, those, but but most people, like you said, had already had already paid. So what so so what's your what's your view on on Austin overall? Was it was this your first time visiting visiting Austin, Texas? It was. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I had high expectations. I certainly wasn't let down. It's just a it's it's a it's a it's an utterly bizarre, wonderful place. Um, you know, I love the fact that you know there's you know a couple of doors down from the Mashable House was a uh, a shop that purely specialises in selling um, hot sauce. So I mean that was a, that was a wonderful thing in and of itself, but I think you know the sort of dynamism of the sort of environment you know down Rainy Street or um, you know over on Sixth, um, you know all of these sort of different people coming together. I think pretty much any time of the year, not just um, not not just uh, during South by, um, it, it's just a fascinating place to go um, and sort of see a slice of America that you don't hear that much about um, overseas. You know, it's either sort of all about the valley or it's all about sort of New York and, and the East Coast. So to go to, to go to somewhere um, that sort of had a lot of sort of it felt it felt reasonably European in some respects, um, but in other respects it felt totally alien and uh, and, and, and and sort of not usual. Um, but I'd, I'd certainly, I mean, I'd, I'd seriously consider going back there on vacation. It was, it was, it was just a wonderful place to be. Yes, just do not go. Just do not go in the summer. As 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 a as a former Austinite, I can promise <laughs> you that the summers are are. Um, I mean, like you just can't breathe. It's so humid and hot outside. But October, November, beautiful times to go. Um, I, I'll take that on, and I'll try not to clash with that. I, want, I could go twice in a year next year. That'd oh, there you go. There you go. You know, and. March this year, I think, was a little hotter than usual. Um, usually, when I've gone to South by in, in Austin, it's the weather's the weather's a little more mild than I think it was this year. It was rainy, and then it got really, really hot. Um, but but overall, I think it was it was pleasant for from. I mean, I, I left I left a little earlier, so I didn't I didn't catch the end of it. But I, I think you guys got some pretty decent weather towards the end. It was amazing. It was like high summer in the UK. It was oh, fantastic. Very um, nice. So yeah, which is probably why I didn't end up seeing quite as many sessions as I oh, really wanted to. Um, yes. It was just really nice outside. Mm -hmm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rich, always always great to talk to you. Thank you for joining us today. And sure, thank you. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another echo chamber. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Marketeers 4DC for producing today's show. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. 